cybernetically enhanced humanoid drones of multiple species, organized as an interconnected collective with a hive mind inhabiting a vast region of space. They operate towards one single-minded purpose, to add the biological and technological distinctiveness of other species to their own in the pursuit of perfection. They are the adversary of autonomy, the definition of slavery. They are the juggernauts of an infinite number of quadrants and parallel dimensions, including the mirror universe. The mirror universe has never been so treacherous. Hello and welcome to the Ready Room, the Treks and Sci-Fi Microcast. I'm Kenny, and I play Nathan Quinn, the captain of the USS Arabella. And this is Jen. I play the Vulcan First Officer Commander Savril. Today's episode will feature readings by various forum members, and we'll discuss the story so far afterwards. And lastly, we'll discuss our final thoughts. We are the Borg. Life as you know it is over. You have entered our RPG space. You will adapt to the story so far. This post is by Wraith1701, and will be read by Star Trek Fanatic 5. In the cold, sterile, makeshift morgue directly off sickbay, Catan stood over the bed, holding the lifeless body of Ryla Dredd. His jaw clenched with the emotional tug-of-war raging within him. A back-and-forth struggle between despair and fiercely burning rage. Catan was no stranger to death. He had seen both friends and foe sent to their final reward many by his own hand. For Klingons of the warrior caste, death was a constant companion, sometimes lurking unseen in the background, sometimes making itself known in the screams of those it claimed. But in all instances, it was accepted as a fact of life. Those who lived by the Bathlet more often than not died by the Bathlet. But for those who weren't members of the fierce warrior caste, it was a different story. Outsiders might see all Klingons as a bunch of bloodthirsty, battle-hungry warriors eager to kill or die in combat, but that wasn't the case. True, the all-too-visible warrior caste revealed in combat, their duty was to walk the razor's edge separating peace from total destruction, and only those with the temperament to embrace conflict could prosper in such a role. But death in violent conflict was not a fitting end for the civilian populace that the warriors fought to protect. Foes who struck down unarmed civilians were worse than without honor. They were without souls. They deserved nothing less than total annihilation. Catan tentatively reached out a hand and brushed aside a stray lock of Ryla's untamed hair. Her skin felt stiff and cold. Such a gentle soul, 
he lamented. You deserve better than this. His expression turned grim. His hands balled into a fist, the nails almost drawing blood from his palms. The Borg will pay. As if from a great distance, Kantan heard the chirping of his communicator badge. Ignoring his first impulse to rip the device from his chest and fling it across the wall, he tapped it, opening a channel. A disembodied voice of the acting XO issued forth. Attention all senior staff and department heads. Please report to the officer's briefing room for a mandatory meeting with Captain Servereal on the status of the ship. Commander James out. Catan's pulse pounded in his temples as he made his way toward the bridge. He silently prayed that he would encounter a Borg or two before he got there. Next up is a post written by Jen, read by Star Trek Fanatic 5. Me. The Borg slipped further behind the Arabella as the Sphere struggled to avoid the asteroids that the starship directed in its path. Sensing that the situation was stable as possible, Savril left the bridge to Zurum, and she and Eric headed to the main lounge. The Vulcan entered the briefing room and scratched the long, tapered ears that rose at an angle above her crown. The prosthetics were becoming uncomfortable. It had never been a problem in the past. Perhaps it was not the alterations that caused the itch. Under stressful situations, agitated nerves often cause mild physical discomfort. She scratched up the elaborate line of tattoos on her neck and took a seat at the head of the long, glossy black table. While she and Eric waited, the Vulcan centered herself through controlled breathing. By the time the first officers arrived for the impromptu briefing, the itching seemed to have lessened somewhat. She pushed a lock of blue hair behind her right ear and stood to address the room. The acting captain glanced to Dr. Peterson first. It was evident he left sickbay during surgery. The Vulcan nodded to him as she began. I appreciate your promptness. I know you all have pressing matters to attend, but we may not have another chance to discuss our options. She glanced about the room, taking a moment to account for all the senior officers. Noting that Margon was absent, she inquired as to his whereabouts. Where is the counselor? And now we have a post by Hawkeye Meds, read by Hawkeye Meds. The officers looked around the room and a feeling of unease and dread flowed over them. The Callan walked to the monitor. Computer, locate Councillor Margon. The calm voice of the computer responded. Councillor Margon is in his quarters. Looking over at Seville, he tapped his communication badge. The Callan to the Councillor, respond please. There was no reply. Commander, with your permission, I'd like to enable the quarter cameras. Seville nodded and turned in a chair to the main briefing room monitor. Computer, Enable security quarter camera to swoop Councillor Margon's room. Slow pan. The view screen clicked on. The image looked misty and the camera slowly panned round. Nothing at first. Then a slight movement in the distance. The camera stopped and slowly zoomed in. Static began to distort the picture and the zoom stopped. The officers leaned in towards the monitor to try and make out the movement when suddenly, coming out of nowhere, came a set of teeth and a deathly scowl. Swiping at the light of the camera, Mr. Mouse attacked it, his tail rigid and pointing up. Next up, a post by Shepard, and it will be read by Metron07. The hall seemed strangely quiet. Fissual and Reese walked slowly with their weapons ready for a surprise attack, but nothing seemed to be going on around them. They worked their way farther and farther from their quarters, 
and the more they traveled without any contact with the Borg, the more relaxed they were becoming. The focus began to fade, and the threat seemed to be less important than before. Their fears were slipping away. Fissel, you know, for a guy who talks as much as you do, I don't really know much about your past. You never ask. Well, I didn't know you were a wrestler. Reese wondered to himself why he had never asked Fissel about his past, because after what he had seen, he was now very interested. Yeah, what else don't I know about you? You would be interested in the rest of my life? Fissel replied, it's really not interesting. I'm interested. Where did you come from? What's your home world? Mm, I don't have a home world. What? Did you live in space? Yeah. Fissel seemed to be getting a bit evasive about his past. On a transport ship, huh? <sighs> yeah. So your father was an engineer Can too? we not talk about this anymore? Fine. If you don't want to, we don't have to. Reese was surprised by Fissel's tone of voice. He couldn't remember ever hearing a bitter word come out of his mouth. Reese began to wonder if something had traumatized Fissel in his past, and he knew the best way to get past the pain was to face it. It was something that had become very evident only a short time ago to himself. He wanted to help Fissel, but he didn't want to push him. Baby steps, Reese thought. Once again, we have another post by Hawkeye Meds, and it will be read by Hawkeye Meds. It's not there. It's not there. It is not there. Opening her eyes, the skull had now gone, and all Susan could see was the patient below her. She glanced around, and small lights flickered in her vision. She was beginning to become fatigued. As much as she wanted to keep working, the young nurse knew that she had to rest. A tired medic was a dangerous medic. I need to rest. Could you wake me in half an hour? Her fellow medic smiled at her. They had all had at least some rest, and this would be Susan's first in nineteen hours. She found a corner near to Viola's office and lay down. She knew her friend was lying motionless next door, but even that thought could not stop her from succumbing to the power of sleep. Slowly, her heavy eyelids dropped, and Susan Kane fell asleep. Now we have a post by Star Trek Fanatic 5, and it will also be read by Star Trek Fanatic 5. Quinn sat there for a moment, confused as to what Locutus had just said. None of this made sense. Locutus continued to stare at Quinn with a quizzical look. Why have you kidnapped me? Nathan asked while jumping down from the table. Locutus smiled. Why, that should be obvious. Quinn shook his head. Humor me, he said. Locutus began to walk around Nathan. Why, to bring cohesiveness to the board, of course. With your powerful telepathic abilities, you will be able to unify all board. Unification is the only way the Borg will defeat its foes. But the Borg have no formidable enemies, Nathan said, as he pulled on a black bodysuit that was lying next to his table. But we do. And with your help, we will be able to combine the forces of our collective and the cooperative, and we will once and for all be able to crush the Empire and the Lions in one big swoop. Suddenly something clicked in Quinn's brain. As he heard Locutus mention the Empire and the Lions, Nathan now knew where he was. It all made sense. I'm in the mirror universe, he stated under his breath. Locutus laughed out loud. <laughs> of course you are. We lost our clan many months ago and have been searching for you since. You will help us defeat our foes. 
Resistance is futile. Quinn watched as the large Borg exited the room, walking through the force field that enclosed the entrance. Nathan paced the room, thinking to himself, how was his crew going to find him? He wasn't even in the same dimension anymore. All he knew was if they were able to pull him from his universe, they would be able to send him back. And one thing was for sure, he was not going to willingly help the Borg from this universe or any other. Here's a post by Shepard. Again, it'll be read by Metron 07. Fistful stopped abruptly as he looked around the corner. Reese stopped behind him. What is it? Something ahead. Looks like a body. Is it a Borg? It didn't look like one. Could it be someone in need of our help? They peered around the corner. No Borg. But there was an officer. A woman. Lying across the floor. There were signs of a struggle. Broken pieces of machinery. Farther down the hall, they saw the body of a dead Borg with a metal scrap deep in its head. The woman appeared to be unconscious. Reese held her arm for a pulse. She's alive. We should get in a sick bay. There were no sign of Borg implants, but two small holes could be seen on her neck. Reese, Fiswell said, pointing at the scars on her neck. I know. I've been walking around with two scars just like these on my neck for the past half an hour, and I haven't felt any different. She's injured. We need to help her. Mm. Guess we're going to sickbay after all. Fiswell said without actually saying yes. He was still a little uneasy about her and the possibility of her being a Borg. But he trusted Reese, and they scooped her up gently and began their new journey to sickbay. Now we have a post by Iceman. It'll be read by Brian C.D. Dr. Peterson strummed his fingers rhythmically on the table. It was quite obvious that he was slightly annoyed by the timing of this impromptu meeting, even though he understood why it was called. He was as concerned as everyone about the presence of the Borg and the Arabella. His hate for the Borg ran deep, as they were responsible for taking his family away from him, and this meeting had taken him away from his primary duty on this ship, which was to care for the dying and injured and to save as many people as he could. Savril had seen this look of urgency before from the doctor, and she knew that the meeting would have to start soon, or he would excuse himself from the meeting in order to go back to the operating room and continue his work. She would, of course, not stop him, and knew the only reason he was here was because he was, if nothing else, a dedicated Starfleet officer. Savril also knew that if the crew was going to get through this, he would be needed back in sickbay as soon as possible. Here is a post by Rico. Also read by Rico. As the rest of the senior staff began meeting about their situation, Lieutenant Zrem tried to get comfortable in the center seat. He had never desired command in any way. Partly this was due to his more scientific and logical mind, but it was also slightly born of fear. There had been Adorians he knew that had allowed the power of command to control them, and in some cases it had destroyed their lives. Zrem had no intention of letting that happen to himself. He now had a woman he loved and a child on the way, and that was where his priority rested. But he did wonder occasionally what things would have been like if he had followed a different path, lived a different type of life. He had a feeling he might not care for that version of himself. Status report on the Borg Sphere, Zrem called out to the op station. Still in pursuit, sir, but falling slightly further behind us. The asteroid maneuver seems to be letting us gain a little breathing room. 
Petty Officer Rava Ronan replied from his station. Very good. Continue evasive maneuvers when needed and keep me informed of any change in distance. We need to have a good lead on them when we come out of this mess, Zerem said as he got up and wandered the bridge. Sitting down at the moment just didn't quite seem right. Just as he circled it to the tactical station, his combat chirped. He immediately recognized the voice. Engineering to bridge, a very familiar female voice called out as he tapped his badge. Zerem here. What's our status, Ensign? Zerem said as trying very hard to stick to the business at hand. Ensign Barton reporting in, sir, Marie said with a slight inflection that Zrem knew was suppressing a small laugh. She knew very well how Zrem felt about command. Go ahead, Ensign. How are those shields coming? he asked. I've got them to 75%, Lieutenant. The Borg destroyed a few more logic circuits when they tried to adapt their technology to ours. Once those are replaced and we recalibrate, the Arabella should be good to go, or at least protect herself. Ensign Marie Barton reported. Excellent work, Ensign. Please keep me updated on any new developments. Zrem out, he said as he closed the channel. Of course, what he really wanted to do and say to Marie would have to come later, when they were alone, when the current crisis was handled. He continued to pace the bridge and hoped that the senior staff came up with a plan to get them out of this situation. A post by Brian C.D. and read by Brian C.D. Carafe barged into the conference room with all the grace of a targ at a child's birthday party. He wore his normal duty uniform. The gold material around his shoulder was smudged and filthy, as were his hands and face. He was covered in the fluids from the ship's biogel packs and had clearly spent the past hour crawling through conduits. His skin was still black from his away mission alterations, which managed to hide the filth on his face. Dr. Peterson looked up and gave a sly half-smile. Oh, good of you to dress for the occasion, he said. Carafe cocked his head to one side and chose to ignore the sarcasm. He knew that the doctor had been through after being in sickbay during the incursion. Doctor, he said in respectful acknowledgement. He knew Peterson was as anxious to return to his post as he was. Carafe turned towards Savril. Captain, he said, seeing how the use of the formal title made the Vulcan somewhat uncomfortable. We have managed to stabilize all main systems and have removed all Borg technology. Damage control teams are continuing the shipwide repairs in areas still under our influence, but any Borg presence on board may quickly change that status. Savril nodded. Thank you for your report, Commander. Also, Kraft continued, I would like to request additional manpower to be assigned main engineering to replace... He paused. To support those that are left. Ensign Fischel is a new member of my team, and I need him. Now. We have a post by Just X. It'll be read by Billy Bob. Eric watched quietly as the crew assembled for the impromptu meeting. There was so much going on in his mind that he needed that silence to gather his thoughts. James to security. Please dispatch a team to Counselor Margon's quarters and assess the situation. The area is unsecure and might have hostiles, Eric said as he tapped his comm badge and received their reply before turning his attention to the senior staff. Thank you all for arriving so promptly. I know that we are still missing a few key people, but we need to have this meeting so that we might quickly get back to our jobs, Eric said as he rose and moved towards the wall display. The Borg might have caught us off guard with their attack, but the predecessor class to this ship has stopped more than one Borg incursion. We've been on the defensive for too long, and that has cost us. We are not going to let the Borg go any further on this ship. We need to come up with plans not only to repair the ship, but to stop the ship in pursuit of us. He took a deep breath before continuing. 
Due to the errors of the location system, we have no idea as to how many people were abducted or even who was abducted. Given the time, location, and previous position of crew in relation to the initial incursion, I estimate that we, they only had access to between 10 and 16 crew members. We need to work on disabling the sphere instead of destroying it, because our people are still there. Assimilated or not, these are members of Starfleet, and we, there have been too many cases of people being successfully retrieved from the Collective for us to kill our own people. We've killed too many of our own family this day. It needs to end. I know that there are a lot of ideas that many of you have come up with in the middle of this crisis. Let's see if we can refine them and turn them into plans that we as a crew can carry out. We also need to be aware that the longer that we have to deal with the board, the colder the trail that Captain Quinn gets. Eric pressed a few keys on the panels that highlighted the damaged systems in various shades to indicate the level of damage and the importance of the system. Where should we begin? Alright, so uh, some stuff's been going on. We started the briefing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Quinn found out where he's at. I think those are the big, huge points in this week's uh, post, right? Yep. And it's uh, been a kind of a slow post week, I think. A lot of people have been busy with work. Or hurricanes. And hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I have made one post and that was it, which I'm sorry. I, yeah. should, I did, I was, one, I did uh, one post also and that was just because of work. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to finish up a TV series and... It just it it just time gets away from you and you then you realize it's Friday and you're like man I only posted once yeah and I was all gung ho this was gonna be a great season and it's been a great season but it was tonight I think everybody's kind of moving slower I think we're also winding down the act and that's true that's people true. are like now what you know so yeah. we need to like switch gears and go into the mirror universe yeah and again people need to start working together. Yes. Um, especially when, when um, it, it, you know, in the briefing, how we're talking about propositions for, you know, securing the ship, those topics of conversation need to be probably discussed with one another before, you know, they're suggested in the briefing. Yeah. Just so that they're, they're cohesive. Yeah. And what else? Um, do we want to just start discussing switching over to the mirror universe? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, everything's self-explanatory. People went into the briefing. They start talking about what we can do about repairing things and just taking care of the Borg in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Doctor Peterson's not too happy. Being He's drumming his fingers and pulled, pulled away. Yeah, pulled away <laughs> from his duties. But you know, he is senior officer and he has to relay our information to the rest of his staff. So he has mm-hmm. to be there at the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryle is dead, so we can't send his assistant to go, you know, to the meeting. So, um, and Borg did. Uh, Borg Quinn found out that he is in the mirror universe. The Locutus character actually made a reference to the Alliance and Empire, and obviously Quinn knows that from uh, the mirror universe. The other other crews that have ventured into the mirror universe have mentioned that before in reports. So. Mm-hmm. So now he knows he's there, but still he's stuck, and he still has no idea, you know, how his crew is going to find him. I mean, who's to even look in the mirror universe? You know, they're going to have no idea where he is at. So it, yeah. it, it will be interesting to see how he can uh, get out of this situation. But he also he did state that you know they brought him there, so obviously they can get back somehow. Mm-hmm. So he just has to find a way. But he's in for some surprises. Um. And yeah, and so uh, I think we're actually going to start moving the story into the mirror universe. Uh, I think Act One has has ran its course, and right now uh, we're going to 
bump things over while the Arabella crew is fixing the Arabella and taking care of its crewmen and all that, we will uh, shift the story to the Mirror Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have planned in the Mirror Universe right now? Um, I think that there needs to be a lead post, and I have one that will set it up, and it's going to start off probably on the Tiberius. Mm-hmm. And kind of th- that way, actually, you and I probably need to do one that is even before that. Okay. That um, describes how Quinn moves from where he's at. Um, so to what, he will move. Don't. Is he going to move immediately? Yes. Okay. Probably. Okay. So if anything needs to happen before that, then we may may need to leave Act One going so that you could set it up. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll probably do at least one more post to get him mm-hmm. to. A, a place where, because uh, right now he's he, you know he's dressed in a black bodysuit, so I mean you know they're preparing him to be borgified, but maybe we'll stop it in the process and the you know one of the the I think the the alliance is going to get him first empire the empire the empire mm-hmm. so the empire will transport to the Borg cube and 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 snatch him right before he's borgified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the, my next post, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll have him being taken to the assimilation. Well, he's already in the assimilation chamber, so I'll have people come in and start doing the process. Yeah. And then I'll Did, have like a transporter. People will come and raid the assimilation chamber. Mm-hmm. Did you get the posts that the two posts that have been worked out to set up that um, next scene on the Tiberius? I don't I think I sent them to you. I'll have to go back. And I'll look. have to resend them, but. I probably should do that so that you can know what what's coming next, so yeah. that you can properly lead. prepare. Yeah, lead it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. That's... So once that happens, then um, it, I guess we can all start writing about what's going on with our characters on that end of the the yes. uh, riff. Yes. So, um, but again, if anybody needs to know what their character can do over there, please please email me or Kenny or both of us. Please do that. Email both of us so that we both know what's going on and what's being discussed um, so that we can help direct the story because we, we want it to be, um, you know, everyone to be able to write with, you know, what they want, but it still has to be the plot that's the most important thing, you know, <laughs> so that it's doesn't become bogged down and confusing, you know, to the readers as far as, okay, now so-and-so is off, you know, exploring yeah. some planet as a, you know, yeah. uh, Tomb Raider, you yeah. know, in his alter ego state. So, well, yeah, so it, it, all the characters need to be revolving around this war between the four factions. Right. So no one will be off planet doing something different. They're all going to be somehow integrated into this battle that these four factions are having and if you need, you need an idea of where to be or what you need you know then we can help you with that mm-hmm. but we're not we're not selecting people for who's going to be an alliance member who's going to be an empire member you know who's going to be a collective or a, co- a cooperative right we'll let you guys choose um what's happening on each ship hopefully it'd be nice to have a few characters from each each faction posted that's what i was hoping so that we, we know, can set that you know, up ahead of time yeah so we know what's happening on each ship mm-hmm. you know because we're all within the tank that we're all in the same timeline we're just all on different ships right you know and we're all in the middle of a battle exactly you know we may not be fighting all the time you know i'm sure we take breaks every once in a while and, and we <laughs> rearrange ourselves before we 
attack again, but um, it would still be nice to have everybody, you know. And I know we have, like, you know, we have Arya. Uh, she's in the co- cooperative. Mm-hmm. We have Savril, who's in the Empire. Quinn will be bouncing around from place to place to place. Um, we have, you know, I can I can write for Locutus on the Borg Cube, so we can still get their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the Alliance. And I and think, I we, think yeah, yeah, Eric is writing for the Alliance. Yeah, so I I think we have main people in each section mm-hmm. that can help, and then everyone else will just be scattered about with the within those four factions. Yeah, um, and I, I think it'll be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of writing, and I think it'll start fast. You know, because people already have ideas. I'm already getting people are telling me they're already pre-working on all their, you know, their storyline and their posts, and so I think it's going to be a lot of fun when they move over. Yes, and everyone gets to be their evil, <laughs> not necessarily evil, but dual no. personality <clears throat> character. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah so. It's I think there's Margon Margon is evil. Oh yeah, he's really yeah. he's really evil cuz he's like an experimenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a doctor and he's taking apart Borg and Yeah. We need to um Hawkeye Meds and I have been working on a post that involves Savril and her relationship to David who's the emperor. Mhm. And the the Tension they have with um, the 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 uh, interrogator who is Hawkeye Hawkeye Med's character in, mm-hmm. the, in the Mirror Universe. Yeah, and that's uh, Mirror to Colin, and uh, he's doesn't like Sabril too much. I'm sorry. Can you hear that? Yes, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the hurricane. <laughs> David's washing windows, so <laughs> not me or David, my David. Um, <laughs> I'll just wait till he's done. Okay, because it was getting really loud. Um, where was I? Yeah, so we kind of started off. We introduce um, near Morgon, Margon in in our little post, and um, he's a really evil dude. He's really, really very gross nasty. guy. Yeah, yeah, nasty, nasty. Dude. So, but so was Mira to Colin. <laughs> yeah, he almost reminds me of the guy from uh, um, um, Lord of the Rings. You know that the guy that whispers in um, Rima Wormtongue. Wormtongue, yes, yes, yes. Just reminds me of that guy. <laughs> yes, he's a nasty piece of work. Yeah. Anyway. It's so, going to be lots of fun, and I can't yes. wait till it starts. And I think we'll have we'll see the same amount of activity as soon as Act Two starts as we saw when Act One started. I think so. And I think that's the good thing about having acts because we'll have the bursts the bursts of activity for each act, mm-hmm. and it'll keep the story progressing because, as you can see, it kind of tapers towards the end mm-hmm. and to a trickle. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. People <laughs> get busy. <laughs> yeah. So well. hopefully we'll be starting uh, Act Two sometime this week. So as you're listening to this, because this will probably come out on Wednesday, as we can mm-hmm. post it on Wednesday. Um, and hopefully we will start wrapping up Act One. And by the time you guys hear this, Act Two will either be really close to starting within a few days, or we'll already have started. So um, as soon as Act Two starts, everyone jump in, have some fun, and. Play some nasty characters. 
Or you don't have to be nasty. Or you don't have to be nasty. You can be completely nice and just like the character from the regular universe. Yeah. But it's just remember, not. the situation is different. Yeah. So, yes. you know, it's, your character is still different. Mm-hmm. Even not the same. But uh, it should be just, fun. I'm looking forward to it. Just be giving it some thought. Yes. As to what you're going to do. Yes. And like I said, if you need help, definitely contact Jenna or myself. We, Both of us. We could definitely help you out. Yes. All right, cool. So I think that's going to do it for a discussion on the story so far. Well, I, I always end it like on a question. <laughs> Let me do that again. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to do it on the story so far. We are the Borg. Resistance is futile. Plug into your alcove as we communicate our final thoughts. And so now for our final thoughts. Um... What should we talk about, Kenny? Let's start with the whole. Um, there's been brought to our attention the Captain Commander. Yes. Acting Captain Commander. People are. Some people are calling her, her Commander, and some people are calling several yeah. Captain. And we just want to make it cohesive so everybody yeah. either calls her this or that. And, and yeah, she is acting captain, but I yes. would prefer if people called her commander, just because that's her rank. Yes. So let's just do that. So if, yeah, if everyone can just call her commander, that would be perfect. And um, but just know that she is the acting captain. Yes. Plain and simple. All right. And uh, the other thing is punctuations with uh, posts. Um, I know, you know, we're not all English majors, and believe me, I'm the worst when it comes to mechanics of writing posts. But when we're reading these, it's very difficult to read someone's post when we don't know what your intention was without punctuations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't want people to be offended when we do read these if we either change it slightly, not you know, not story-wise, but just the way it's being said, grammatically and mechanically, you know. So I just don't want people to be offended because it is hard to read these things. And, you know, unless we know what the intent was, you know, we're putting our own spin on it. Um, that's why I actually I prefer people who write these to read them mm-hmm. because it's so much easier because you know exactly how your character is saying this, how you want it to be portrayed. And when you have someone else take over, you're pretty much stuck with their interpretation yeah. of it. You know, not yeah. that it's been bad, but I'm just yeah. saying, you know. Just take your time with your your writing. Yeah. And the trick that I use is I read it out loud to myself, and if it's difficult to say verbally, that's I reword it. That's a good, good idea. Because that's really the way really good idea. it should be done anyway when you're writing fiction. Yeah. Because if you can't read it aloud, then it's not worded correctly. That's a great idea. So. Yeah, because we're going to be reading them anyways. It would be great mm-hmm. if you guys can go ahead and re-read, you know, read them out loud. I never, You know, honestly, I never thought of doing that because it does help. It does. It's it does. it's kind of hard to read sentences that are really really long and maybe yeah. use just maybe just use no commas at all or yeah. all commas and no periods and you know just be very careful about yeah. that. Yeah. So. so yeah, so we just want to make a note of that. Um I want to thank everyone again for reading posts this week. Mm-hmm. Um everyone does a great job and they get them in to me in a timely manner and if anyone who's listening to this and wants to read posts for us and you're not part of the forums, definitely join up to the forums, and it's a great community, and you can help us out with uh, with the RPG game, with the reading. Um, I have a lot of volunteers now, which is great. People who aren't even part of our show. Well, I have a lot, but I have a few people. 
who aren't part of our RPG and they, and they enjoy reading posts for us. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, if you definitely want to do that, uh, be my guest. Also, we're still requesting audio comments about the RPG, about the Ready Room, um, emails, anything. We haven't gotten anything in a while since uh, our friend from in Europe. Germany. Right. Yeah, I think we scared her away. <laughs> <laughs> we we played her her MP3 and she never wrote to us again. Yeah. <laughs> right, but, uh, we hope we didn't. If you're still away. if you're still out there, tell us if Hi. you're liking the new season. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone else who wants to send an MP3 or like I said, an email that we can read over the over the air, be my guest. You can email it to the Ready Room Podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to join us on the RPG. Uh, you can go to www.trucksandsci-fi.com and click on the forums link. There's a whole RPG section where you can actually read the story so far. And I know what's funny is a lot of people are actually enjoying our reading of it, that they're not even actually going to the RPG section. They're just yeah. waiting for us to come out with a, a new ready room and continue, you know, and the continuing story. Mm-hmm. So, um... That's good for that's good for non-players. Yeah, non-players. But if you're a player, you should be reading because don't wait until the ready room. Yes, because and I understand some guys are busy and you wait until to catch up, which is fine. But if you're gonna post something, you need to read before you post and don't wait for a ready room to post something. Just yeah, because sometimes you may, yeah, you may be needed in the in that week, you yeah. know, and you needed a whole week to listen to the ready room and missed a post or missed a tag or whatever, or an opportunity to or post. Opportunity to post, yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, I, we understand if you're busy, and it, this is intended to to catch people up if they missed something. Yes. But, Really, we hope that you will. I mean, especially since it's moving so slowly, it's not hard to keep up with right now. Definitely. So again. Click notify in this season so that you are told when there's a new post and you can read it, you know, yeah. when it happens. Yeah. So. Or you can be like me and just stay on the forums for 10 hours a day. <laughs> it's great. All right. There's that. You could do that. <laughs> what? Are, are, you, are you saying there's something wrong with that? It's Not me. At all. It's me and the 20 guests all the time. It's great. <laughs> Someone keep Kenny company. <laughs> All right, is there anything else? I think that's going to do it. I think that's it. All right, well, this is Kenny. This is Jen. Hailing from... You want me to say it? Yeah. Okay, this is Jen. And this is Kenny. Hailing frequencies closed. You almost had a hard time saying it. I know, I'll say it one more time. (laughs) Okay. I want to say hailing frequencies closed. (laughs) Why not? You could be a hit captain. I could. (laughs) Hailing right. frequencies closed. Oh, no, no. We got to do it all over okay. again. Okay. <laughs> You're going to leave all of this in. <laughs> I can just hear it now. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. You know why I know you would do that? Because I would. It's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. This is Jen. And this is Kenny. Hailing frequencies <laughs> closed. <laughs> I tried to hold it in. Okay. I'll, you know, I'll just use it. That's fine. Okay. Oh, we're done. <laughs> All music used on the Ready Room Podcast is provided by Moyer 777 and Metron 07.